Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to go out to Vegas. Vegas, baby, Vegas. Vegas, baby, Vegas! He's out in the desert. And now that his afternoon is actually earlier out there. He's with what? It's like uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. JT the Brick just back from combing the desert out in Las Vegas. And he joins us tonight. You hear him on Sirius XM. I mean, he's been everywhere. He's a legendary figure. And he's got a difficult uh, weekend ahead with the Giants and Raiders, both teams that he's involved with. JT, how are you, brother? My friend, you and Miss Robin, great to talk to you. Happy to be a part of your new venture. Excited to connect with you again before Super Bowl out here in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Now, you got any extra space in case we can't get a room? <laughs> I'll tell you, I, if I was smart, I'd Airbnb my house in Summerlin and get the hell out of here for a month. You're right. And, and shut it down with the sphere. And we got F1, my friend. We got F1 next weekend. And this could be one of the great events of all time or one of the biggest debacles you've ever covered in your career. The tickets are caving, going down. People, they were, it was $7,000 to go to F1. Now it's less than 1000 We got the sphere opening with you two. A lot happened out here in Sin City. Yeah, I have. Last time, the, the sphere wasn't even being built the last time Robin and I had. We used to go there every weekend when we lived out west. But the sphere is unbelievable. The, 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 for the Super Bowl, JT, they've got to have that as like one of their media parties in there, right? They've got to do that they something for the, for the NFL. Yeah, they're activating that. They're doing honors at Resorts World. But there's since the last time you were out here, Tony, there's so much that's open. I tell everybody, Circa, that's the outdoor swimming pool. Yeah. Uh, Derek Stevens says, you know all about that. Then the Sphere, obviously Allegiant Stadium, T-Mobile, yeah. uh, the Fountain Blue. Uh, you've done a lot of great nights in Miami over your career. <laughs> yes. The legendary Fountain Blue, 3,500 more rooms wow. opening in, uh, in December here. Wow. And, you know, 17 restaurants that are all going to be elite. That's going to be across the street from Resorts World, across the street from the Sahara. Um, All that's happening. And plus, you know, hosting the Super Bowl out here. 
is a really big thing considering what the NFL thought of Vegas when they kicked Tony Romo out of his own fantasy football camp. <laughs> Tony Romo had to shut it down. Uh, and then now, now, now Mr. Goodell can't take enough money in. They can't take enough money in from Vegas now. Every owner, every owner, a lot of this had to do with Jerry Jones. And they're going to write, they're going to make a documentary on what happened when Mark Davis lost. L.A. with the Chargers, and then he went back to Oakland and then put the Vegas deal together. Now every owner in the entire sport is going, oh, my God, we got a team in the revenue. You, you were up there with me, and yep. you, you saw Oakland and what Oakland didn't bring in revenue-wise, even though Raider Nation was strong up there. Now it's completely different. Yeah, and it's sad. I mean, I feel bad for the people in Oakland. I mean, how many times yeah. the Raiders leave, they go, to, you know, they go to L.A., and then they come back, and then – you know, and then you got the L.A. Raider greats in the Hall of Fame. You got the Oakland Raider greats in the Hall of Fame. So now, when when the current crop, and obviously there's a couple of guys who, I mean, Crosby's probably going to be a Hall of Famer when his career is over. And you look around at the younger players, but the Raiders right now, I mean, one thing you got to say, J.T., that decision, as crazy as it was, and it cost Mark Davis a lot of money. He had to buy out what eighty-five million dollars of contracts yeah. to clean that up. But when they brought in Antonio Pierce, a lot of people are saying, wow. But then I saw him the other day, and this is why I love the guy. He was talking about practice squad players. And, you know, practice mm-hmm. squad players, they're there every day. They're running the drills. They're running with the second team. And then all of a sudden on game day, they're in civilian clothes. And he said, I want my practice squad players to be in uniform. Even though they're not playing, they're a part of the team, and I want them on the sideline. When was the last time you had a heard a head coach say anything like that? It was brilliant. I interview him exclusively, and you can imagine what my world's been since John Gruden into Rich Passaccia into Josh McDaniels. And today, I had my weekly TV interview with Antonio Pierce, and the guy says everything perfectly. He's a rah-rah guy. He won a Super Bowl with the Giants, and he had a lot to do with that win in the NFC Championship game in Green Bay. He's played at the highest level, and all he's doing now, Tony, is he's trying to take this team and talk to the players more. Josh McDaniels was good to me, and you know he had a vision to come in here, and it was much more tight. It was really tight. He had a lot of control of the team. He didn't have the relationships. There weren't bad relationships. He just doesn't have that side that Antonio Antonio Pierce has now where Antonio Pierce spends the whole week with the offensive lineman. He sits in the offensive line meeting and he wants to know the verbiage and he's got a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. So what he's doing is he went to Josh Jacobs who led the league in rushing last year and hasn't done well this year and said, what do you see? What do you want us to call for you? Be specific. You want to go inside or outside? And now Josh Jacobs is reborn. Devontae, even though he's not getting a lot of touches and targets, he's all in. And then Max Crosby He's been released to another level, but this is a big week because they're playing the Jets, and you know what your friend Troy Aikman said about the Jets. <laughs> That's trending. Robert Sala couldn't finish his interview with Michael Kay. He was like, humming, humming, humming. What do you? He, he had to take the fifth while he's playing Zach Wilson. So I think the Jets are going to play much better than they played on Monday night against the Chargers, and the Raiders are going to have their hands full Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, the Jets' defense. I mean, they're the only team that beat the Eagles because their defense is smothering, and you don't mm-hmm. have to do a lot as long as you don't make mistakes. But I'm telling you, Jay, I mean, I, I, I can't believe the Raiders at home against the Jets are not favored. I mean, I know the Lions probably going to go down to pick them at one point, but it is. why are the Raiders not favored against the Jets? The Jets offensively, there's not, there's no switch where all of a sudden they're going to be great offensively. Their defense is going to be great, 
But how much can that offense score? Even though his stats were better the other night, they still lost the game because they turned it over a million times and gave up a long punt return. Yeah, it's a pick game now. They were one-and-a-half-point favorite, and I think it's because the bookmakers are trying to even out the bets, as you know, and they're trying to figure this out. And I think they think with the Raiders, with a rookie quarterback who's only uh, starting his second game now, when you look at what he has to do here, and you know, it's a big test for him going up against Quinton Williams and Sauce Gardner and all of that. And Zach Wilson is not going to play as bad as he's played. He actually can't play as bad as he's played. So I think the bookmakers think that the Jets, it's a do-or-die game for both teams. Tony, if you would have told me when Aaron Rodgers went down on the fourth play opening night that the Jets would be 4-4, four and four, you'd take that. Oh, Every yeah. Jet fan would be like, are you kidding me? I'll take that. And for the Raiders, when the Raiders' schedule came out, if you would have told me, hey, at the, you know, the Raiders two weeks before their bye week would be 5-5 five and five if they win this game, I would have took that too. But the reason this whole thing flipped is the Raiders lost to the Bears. And what your audience needs to understand is if the Raiders would have beat Tyson Bajan, which they should have killed him and beat him, they still have Josh McDaniels. They still have Dave Ziegler. There's no way Mark Davis is letting these guys go if they're four and four. Now, because they lost to the Bears and no showed, no showed on Halloween in Detroit or the day before Halloween, he had to let these guys go. And now the Raiders are climbing back on Sunday night, and they'll win this game to go five and five before they're at Miami and home against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I you know, listen, I have nothing against the Jets. You know, I mean, I, I, the defense is all world. I mean, right now, you look at that defense, and as you know, the Eagles have a good defense. Cowboys have a good defense. There's a lot of good defenses in the league. But the, the, Jets, the, uh, the Jets' defense, yeah, you can see how dejected those guys were. They couldn't have played any better because they really shut down the Charger offense when you look at the stats. If you look at the stat sheet and didn't watch that game, you would have thought, hey, look at Zach Wilson's numbers. You know, look at, the, look at, the, look at the, what the Chargers did. They did damage on turnovers, short touchdown runs, and then a, a, a long punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, you know what bothered me about that game? I was on the air that night, and I was watching, and I told my producer, I said, get me some sound on Aikman. Because I was listening to Aikman and Buck, and they were just thrashing the Jets, right? Like, they're not a good team. And then after the game, and looking back at some of the lowlights, they had Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. And Aaron Rodgers, I never thought he'd be that guy, Tony. I thought he'd be on a yoga cleanse in Maui until they called him back at the end of the year for a physical to see if he could play next year. And he's been a great teammate. He's been around the Jets, but his body language, they had the camera on him rolling his eyes. And Robert Sala started to have that bad body language. And you saw it with the Jets' defense. And this is a must-win game for the Jets. The Jets' season is over over if they lose in Vegas. And it's fair to say the Raiders season, there's not a path for the Raiders to get to nine or 10 wins unless they beat the Jets. So a lot of people aren't going to love Thursday night football with the matchup. They're not going to love Sunday night football. This is a bad week. You want a topic on radio. How bad is some of this primetime football, my friend? Uh. I mean, backup quarterbacks, some of the garbage that they're putting out on TV every week. And I'm talking all time worst. I'm waiting for Al Michaels to say, I can't do this game tonight. Uh, come on, Carolina, Chicago. I got a 1-7 and seven team against a 2-7 and seven team. This is what you're doing to me. Even though you're paying me a million dollars a game, I have to sit through this and pretend I care. I can't even – the point spread doesn't even matter. I can't even make any vague gambling references during this game. 
Right. <laughs> oh, and I just and I just came out of uh, two years as Brett Musburger as the play-by-play voice of the Raiders. You want gambling? Oh. You want gambling references, man? The Godfather. Oh man, yeah. I wish him well. What a pleasure in my career to have Brent throw it to me. There's a, there's a funny story. Brett would wrap up the broadcast, and you know, as you wrap up a, a national, a, a regular season game, you yep. go, "When we come back, we'll wrap it up." And then they throw the commercials, and the play-by-play guy comes, and he does one more segment before it goes to a guy like me on the post game. Not not what Brett, what he would do, he would include me in the final call. Raiders win, Raiders win. Let's go to JT, <laughs> JT. How do you think? And he, they held the elevator for him, Tony. He was down the elevator. He was out the SUV, and he deserved it. A highlight of my career is the great godfather, Brett Musburger. What a gentleman, and you go way back with him. I remember the first time I met Brett Musburger, I was in the Winter Olympics in Sarajevo, Yugoslavia. So here I am in the big media room, and there's Brent Musburger, right? He was on CBS. I mean, he was a big name. And here he is with a coat on. It was freezing. And he's in the media room, and it was a big, gigantic place. And he's over there hanging out, sitting down. That's the first time I met him. And he was just like a regular reporter because that's what the guy did, you know. And then, and then the NFL on CBS is still the gold standard of mm-hmm. studio shows back in the day. So Brent's always been good to me, but you're right. When I would listen to him or watch him doing a game, whether it was on CBS or college football or the Raiders, you always knew who Brett liked when he would make. This is before the points. You could talk about point spreads or there was gambling. Even There wasn't even fantasy. You knew who Brett had based on a particular play or a particular score and what it would mean to the outcome of the game and to those people watching for one particular reason. And how about the greatness of Jimmy the Greek having dinner with Al Davis in the Bay Area before a game or, or getting on the phone with Mr. Davis and getting information or calling around the league. And now, now the league, look, you know, I'm really high on the NFL. I'm a sports radio host like you, and it's all our content. But now we are living in the wildest world. You know, I'm on Mad Dog, fortunately, a couple nights a week. I got my local show that I'm happy with. But my 22-year-old son is like, Dad, get going, get on YouTube live tonight. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you can't do this once a week. You want to build this audience. You're going to be on there three or four nights a week. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm firing it up the machine. We are living now in a time where you were a pioneer. You paved the way for guys like me and others behind me. And now people are putting up TikToks, YouTubes, live streams, radio shows. It's all about podcasts now, man. Everybody's just fighting for space in this new world media. Yeah, and I would fortunate because when I moved to Florida last year to retire down here, you know, I was doing my no-filter network shows on mm-hmm. Friday nights and, you know, going out on the boat and enjoying life in my, my senior years. And then all of a sudden I meet this guy, Jason, and he says, oh, I knew you from the Madden games. And he, he was a guy who's been in radio for a long time and mostly in Top 40 radio and uh, rock and roll radio. And he said, oh, I used to listen to you on Madden, man. You used to, oh, I can't believe you're here. And so we had dinner, and he says, I want you to start a radio network because I, I, I left a radio station that I worked for forever, and I'm starting my own digital media. And so now I got an app. He says, come on, you got to do this. So they, I got it. I mean, I've never had an app. You know, I've been on the net. You know that. We've all been on the yeah. big networks and hundreds of stations back in the day, and you're still going strong on Sirius, and I was on Sirius. But now when you have an app and when people say, hey, where can I hear you? I just say, download Tony Bruno Sports Network on any of the apps, and then boom, it comes up, and then you can listen live all the time, man. That, that's, the, that's the advantage now that we didn't have back in the day. And now, because I run my own network, I can't fire myself. 
And I can do if I nobody's saying, hey, wrap it up. Hey, wrap it up. Hey, JT, you're going too long with JT. Come on, man. Bring it back to the Giants. Bring it back to the Raiders. Don't be talking about fun stuff anymore. <laughs> you know, Tony, it's great, and I love this venture for you. And what well, we have on the Raiders official T-Mobile app, and it's the same thing. I download the official Raiders app, yeah. and they have a radio icon that you click on, and in under a second – Shows are live, and I'm like, oh, my God, man, if I had this 25 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago when people were finding me on WEEI at 3 in the morning doing the overnights out west or the ticket in Dallas or KNBR or the QAM in Miami, you remember, oh, yeah. I, I used to crave crave being on radio stations. That was my juice. Hey, we're getting on a new station. Which one? Tell me about it. I'm going to call the program director, man. I want to go down there and do a remote. Those days are over. Now you just click on an app. You listen to your guy when you want to listen. You listen on demand. You know, I wish at times it went back to the old days, big radio remotes. You've done remotes with thousands upon thousands of people. There's still a little bit of those, but the young program directors who are coming up never made their bones on air. And they're trying to figure out digital and content now. And now, in the morning, I get up and I'm watching television, radio shows on TV, and they got six or seven guys. I call them the clappers, the guys in the background who just clap. I go, wait a second, how did that clapper get on TV and radio, man? I want to be on that. And then you got three guys in the background who are just staring at the host. It's a different time, my friend. Absolutely. And, you know, of all the people that I've met in the business, you know, your story is one of the greats because so many people now, young people say, hey, I want to do what you do, and you have this all the time. But you know you were in you were in the in the, in the financial services business, right? You were in the stock business, and you were a big Jim Rome fan. And then you you were one of his callers, and you won the smack off. And so that's how you your passion for this game led you to the path to where you are as one of the most successful people to do this. And that's the kind of people that I've seen, and I've been lucky to be around young people who you know had talent, had the drive to want to do this. Because when anybody says how how do I become like you, I said you don't become like me. You become like you. You have to be driven. Now in the, nowadays, where there's not a lot of money in this, nobody's making millions of dollars to do morning drive and local radio anymore for the most part. You know, you, you have to pay the dues, although you can go on the air and do your own podcast. You don't need broadcasting experience. If you do a podcast and somebody likes it, you know, somebody will say, hey, I like that podcast because I'm hiring people to do shows on my network now, and I'm getting all kinds of people who want to do it. But you know what we can't find now, JT? College kids who want to be interns because they want to get paid yeah. instead of just saying, I'd do anything to come in there and answer yeah. phones and just see how it works because I really, really want to do this as a career. That's the sad part. And I'm not saying all young people aren't motivated, but I think because they realize that there's not a lot of money to be made getting in their foot in the door to begin with, they don't want to go through it because no, they want to make people, a lot of money right away. Yeah, young people that you know, the, the, the young people that are willing to do it for college credit, they, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, and Robin, what's interesting about it, I call the people who are cutting the line. You know, there's a lot of people that want to do what we did early in our careers and throughout our careers. When I gave up a six-figure job as a stockbroker to make 25 grand initially to do to move to Vegas, my shift was midnight to 5 a.m. 
Try that. Ouch. I didn't have I, through midnight to 5 a.m. Pacific time, but that unlocked the door for me because the stations, when I started in 96, coming off that smack off, they didn't, the local stations didn't hire overnight guys. So I was the overnight guy. And it led into morning drive. And a lot of the morning drive guys sitting in their seats to start their show at 6 in the morning would hear me lead into it. And that was the biggest break I had, man. I had a, you know, really start at, and I was lucky because I was syndicated right out of the gate. I didn't start locally. I started nationally at Sports Fan Radio Network, and I got on all those radio stations, which got me in touch with not only listeners, but the program directors who gave me an opportunity, and I needed them down the road. And for anybody young wanting to get into the business, man, the podcasting is really cool. Anybody can have a radio show by just clicking on their phone or buying two, three hundred dollars worth of uh, equipment. That's it. And then start streaming and doing it. And I think it's a big chunk of what we're going to do going forward. But if you don't work, I got into this business to make money, man. I didn't get into this business to put on khaki shorts and wear a hat on backwards and hang out with a bunch of guys thinking I was a radio host. I did it because I wanted to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars long term. You can't cheat that system, man. If you want to make it, you got to grind, man. And I think the younger generation now has got to get back to the grind. Absolutely. It's all about the grind. Now, now, there's nothing wrong with a little bump and grind, as you know. It's all about the Benjamins. Who are you kidding? And the bump and grind. And the bump. You got it. JT the Brick. Now, your affiliation with the Raiders is well known. You know, Robin and I have been out there in the black hole doing the post-game shows with Bromo and all those guys and being mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. A lot of fun. Great times. But now you're, you're a Giants fan as well. So when you, when you see the Giants now and the situation, you were talking about the Jets and the Giants facing Dallas after Dallas – you know, could have, should have, would have won that game against the Eagles. And now they're 17-point favorites. What are your thoughts? Because I had Phil Sims on last hour, and, you know, obviously a longtime giant and a great. You know, and they're in a really a tough spot now because last year it looked like everything was on the up and up because the, the no coach came in and, you know, Danny Dimes is looking better and, you know, they had to get Saquon re-signed. What is your, stat, what is your thoughts on the, on the status of the Giants at this moment? It's really rare to do what they did. They had the coach of the year, not the runner-up, not top three. The coach of the year, they won a playoff game in Minnesota in a hostile environment. They decided to pay Daniel Jones. They were held hostage on that. What were they going to do? They didn't have a pick in the draft to get a quarterback, and Daniel Jones is super athletic. He can run well. So they decided to give him the money instead of Saquon. And we had something similar out here, Tony, with Josh Jacobs. He led the league in rushing, mm-hmm. and he held out the whole offseason because he was franchise tagged before they came up with a deal, and they gave Jimmy Garoppolo a lot more money than Josh Jacobs, and that could hurt a locker room. So for the Giants, I'm just chalking this up as a really bad luck year. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And if you look at the history of this team, dating back to leather helmets. The Giants have won eight world championships, four NFL championships, and four in the Super Bowl era. They've had some great players and played in some of the biggest games. This team played two or three of the worst games in franchise history. The last week lost to the Jets, the opening night against Dallas, that might have been the worst game in the Giants' history. And I think Mr. Tish and Mr. Mara have a big decision on them now because they probably got to give Daniel Jones one more year and they got to get a quarterback high in the first round of this draft because they're going to get a high pick. Financially, they're in a mess going forward. 
Yeah, and it's, it's weird. I mean, that's how fast it changes in the NFL. The five-year plans and all these long-term deals, the only people getting those are quarterbacks now and some defensive linemen. And, you know, that's the amazing thing, how it shifted. The running back position has been devalued, and we're seeing running backs. Are, you know, some of them last a long time, but most of them don't. I mean, guys come and go, and they've been devalued, and we're seeing it. But Josh Jacobs had to get some money, and he's got a situation coming up at the end of the year, right? They didn't extend him, right? They just got him a no. one-year franchise, right? No, not at all. Jonathan Taylor fortunately got that contract from Ursay when he was, he was out and injured, and he got paid. And there's a couple of running backs. Saquon got a little bit of a taste. But, you know, Tony, we grew up in the era of Earl Campbell and Emmett Smith and Walter Payton and Eric Dickerson. And you'd have a, you'd have a running back for 10 seasons or seven to eight seasons. Now they try to run him into the ground. You try to get a guy out of college that doesn't have any tread off the tire. Do you know these running backs in college are more valuable? Bijan Robinson's a good example of a good one, but if you find a running back on Alabama or Clemson who's like the second-tier guy and he's good and he doesn't have a lot of tread and a lot of carries in college, he becomes very valuable. You can get him in the fifth, sixth round, play him on a rookie contract, and then you don't have to pick up his rookie contract. Some of these guys have a shelf life for three or four years if they don't get hurt. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the game is changing. Look at it with you know, the tush push, and the people are upset about it. Because I didn't get your take on that. Because to me, the reason other people are mad is because they can't pull it off. Yes. And so you think the NFL is going to change it and say you can't do it because only one team seems to be able to master it and because they have a quarterback who can squat 600 pounds? Well, look, I, uh, my son graduated from Oklahoma. He went to Oklahoma when uh, Jalen came over from Alabama to Oklahoma and watched him. And Jalen Hurts does workouts with the offensive line. A lot of people don't know this. He doesn't work out. He works out with the offensive line. He has the squat record in the Philadelphia with Kelsey and these guys. And Johnson, he's the, he's the biggest weightlifter. You cannot stop him. And it's interesting. Uh, uh, Dallas has a very – I picked Dallas over Cincinnati in the Super Bowl this year because I love Dallas's roster until Diggs went down in the secondary. And I thought that Dallas could put a nose tackle, two of them on top of the ball, and put a linebacker right behind them and get a push. And no one can stop the Eagles because they run that play – perfectly on the cadence, the snap count, and then the power of Jalen to keep his legs going. They should never out, uh, outrule that play. The Eagles do it right. Other teams should learn how to do it. Yeah, and when Tom Brady used to do it successfully from the one and everybody knew it was coming and they couldn't stop him, nobody said, well, Tom Brady shouldn't be able to do that. You do what you do best, and the Eagles have it down. And the other thing is the whole thing about, well, they should blow the whistle. The play that doesn't end, the pushing continues. Because you see many times guys are running down the field, whether it's a running back, defenders catch up, and they, they go around them. And then a couple players will come and push it until the referee blows the whistle. So to me, it's, it's, it's not cheating. You're not pulling the guy in. I have no problem, not just because it's the Eagles. When I see another team try it and make it, I'm like, let's see, it can be done, but there's, this is a rare thing. This is a rare thing because you got a rare quarterback, and now with the Dallas Goddard injury, he's one of the main guys behind there, and if he doesn't come back during this Eagles death row of a, of a stretch coming out of the bye where they have five consecutive tough teams to play, this, is, this division's not over. I mean, the Eagles are going to have to start finishing games, running the football as we get into the cold weather times, and they were able to do that last year. Yeah, I think the Eagles are in good. I remember when the schedule came out, the reason I picked the Cowboys was – 
I remember the Eagles schedule when I saw it in November and I said, Oh my God, what is that? And then I looked at the Niners schedule and the Niners schedule Niners have lost three in a row. We didn't expect to see that. So about a month ago, it looked like it would be the Niners Eagles or the Cowboys Niners Eagles. You start looking around the league and, you know, outside the NFC, how about Baltimore? Yeah, they're the All best team All of a sudden, right Baltimore now. could be the best team in football. I think they the are. Lamar Jackson's playing in that defense and that coach. Oh, yep. my God, they look great. One of the things about that game, though, is, you know, Cleveland coming off a bye, Baltimore in a short week, and that's a rivalry game. So that's one of the interesting games to me, and it's, one of the, it's the first 1 o'clock game. So that's one of the really games you have circled. But even Cincinnati and Houston now, Cincinnati looks good. Houston with the quarterback, San Francisco, Jacksonville. There's a lot of good games, but there's a lot of stinkers too. So at least we can pick and choose now when we're watching you know, on YouTube TV and don't have to go to the Octo Box very often. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing and one more cheap shot at radio. I, I can't resist. Have you heard some of these garbage gambling shows where they got a former board op, and I love board ops. Board ops to me are more important than producers. I live with a good board op, and they can enhance my show, but I'm listening to guys who are 24, 25 on gambling radio. They don't got enough money to pay for lunch, and they're telling you they're on a side. Well, I'm on this side. Well, excuse me. Does that mean you got five bucks on the game? Ten? I know you don't got a, I know you don't got a dime on the game. You barely have any money to crack the microphone. How about those guys? Well, whatever makes it work. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't Begrudge and look at the YouTube, look at the TikTok influencers. Everybody's an influencer now. And you know what? God bless them. I mean, if they can make it, you don't have to be a professional broadcaster to do this stuff. And so there are people who have podcasts that are making millions of dollars. There are people who have it watching playing video games, and people watch them play video games. And so to me, if you have content, content is king. I don't know who said that, but if nobody said that before, I'll say it now. And Jay, I'm Jay. sorry, someone said that before. No, you. I know. You can take credit today. Hey, let's talk, let's talk Florida for a minute. My parents are in Naples. They're getting ready to fly back just for Thanksgiving and Christmas. They go right back down to Naples. Mom turned 84 yesterday. Dad's 85. Wow. Problem is, it took them, it took them till their 70s to realize that you could live in Florida. And the quicker you get to Florida, no regrets. It changes your life, your lifestyle. You become more athletic. You walk longer. You go out on the boat. How much do you love on the Florida? Oh, I love it. I mean, the weather in the summer is hot and humid, but I'd rather have that than cold. But, you know, I always, want, I always said I want to move to either Florida or Arizona, you know, when I retire. It's not that I had to get out of Philly. I mean, it's still my home. We're going back for Thanksgiving, so it's not that. It's just that we would come down here. I took Robin multiple times, and then when we got here, we looked around. We wanted to buy a lot. We drove all the way through. We went to Cape Coral. We found a lot on the water. And so we're going to start building our home soon. But Naples, I mean, all these places down here. Naples probably has more millionaires now than Hollywood. When you talk about all the people Mm -hmm. who live down here, Marco Island. Just, I love the West Coast of Florida. You know, East Coast, we love Miami and all that stuff. But the West Coast right now is the perfect place to be for me and and Miss Robin, who's a good board op too, by the way. Although she I have to yell at her, I have to yell at her every once in a while. Though she got off to she a slow should start. write a book about all the things she's heard and seen. <laughs> God, she could write about. I'd buy that. I'd be the first in line on Amazon.com to buy that one. So JT, we can hear you on Mad Dog Radio. Where yeah. else do we get you now? Uh, Raider Nation Radio. That's my big show. I do it every day. It's live on the Raiders mobile app. If you have the Raiders mobile app downloaded, it's free. I do that noon to two, three to five. I do the Raiders pre and post game on Sunday, and I'm uh, streaming on YouTube live. JT the Brick YT YT is for YouTube because some scoundrel stole JT the Brick, I guess. So we'll I'm hunt him down. I can get. I know people that can hunt that some bitch down for you, JT. 
<laughs> I know you know people, Tony, who can find that, but I like the streaming part of it. I'm downloading your app. I can't wait to see what you do going forward here. Real proud of what you got rolling, man. All the best with it. Thank you. JT the Brick, ladies and gentlemen. Let's put your hands together. He's out in Thank Vegas you. in a sphere, and I haven't even seen the sphere yet, but I'm going to see it for the Super Bowl, baby. I'm going to get up in that sphere, and I'm going to have my head on the sphere. I want the sphere to turn into my head. That's all I want. It'll be great. That U2 concert's the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. No yeah, debate. I've seen videos oh, of it, man. That's gonna, that, that place is insane. It's unbelievable what's happening. I remember wait. when there was a slowdown and they stopped building the downtown there, the midtown I know we're not going to have any time to do anything during Super Bowl week, but maybe we should just stay an extra week so that we can actually exactly, experience yeah. some of the stuff out there. Unless I lose all my money and then I'll be like the average person who goes to Vegas. They go for a week and then at the end of the week, they're happy when they're on the plane and then when they go back, they're like all disjointed and... Bit battered. It's a three-day rule. It's a three You're absolutely rule. You right. Live out here like I do. I live out here three, six. The three-day rule. Everything in Vegas you can get done in three days. Just always remember I said that. But you know, Super Bowl is a little bit longer than that. But we hope to see a bunch of times out here now, especially with the new network. Beautiful. Thank you, JT. Ladies and gentlemen, JT Thanks, the Brick. Thanks, brother. Take care, man. Take care, buddy. Be How good. great is he? How great is JT the Brick? Let me give him another roaring. Applause.